Listener Production. Your Morning Agenda with Natasha Belling. Good morning. Thanks for your company. Let's check what's making headlines this Thursday, the 29th of April. And we start with breaking news this morning. And for the first time, a new UK study has found the COVID-19 vaccine can cut transmission of the virus by up to 50%. The Public Health England study of 57,000 people found that those given a single dose of either the Pfizer or AstraZeneca vaccines were between 38 and 49% less likely to pass the virus onto people living in their own homes compared to those who were unvaccinated. Other studies have shown the vaccines are highly effective in preventing people dying or suffering side effects from COVID. But as UK Health Secretary Matt Hancock says, this latest study is terrific news and is the most comprehensive real-world data showing vaccines can also cut transmission of the deadly virus. But what this means is the evidence is stacking up that the vaccine protects you, it protects your loved ones, and it is the way out of this pandemic. Meantime, in India, the COVID crisis continues to worsen with a record number of new cases recorded in just one day. More than 360,000 new infections and 3,200 deaths were recorded in a 24-hour period. It comes as all flights to and from India are banned until mid-next month, leaving thousands of desperate Australians trying to get home stranded. Emily McBurney is one of them. She lives in India with her partner and has told the ABC she has tried to return home for almost a year but contracted COVID just before she could get onto a flight. The amount of bodies being burnt currently around the city is very, it makes you very tense and anxious. It's hard not to get anxious. Back home now and the Therapeutic Goods Administration is set to review two new deaths in New South Wales after they received a COVID vaccine. A 55-year-old man from Tamworth in regional New South Wales died earlier this month, just eight days after he received the jab. So far, no official link has been established between his death and the vaccine. While a 71-year-old man from Sydney who had underlying health conditions also died days after receiving an AstraZeneca vaccine. Former Prime Minister Kevin Rudd has hit out at the Morrison government, saying it's playing politics over growing tensions with China. Yesterday, Scott Morrison announced a multi-million dollar defence boost to the top end after controversial comments from the Home Affairs Secretary, saying the drums of war are beating in the region. Mr Rudd has told the 7.30 report it's all about changing the political narrative and diverting attention away from key problems plaguing the federal government. My interpretation is that this is primarily about a piece of domestic political repositioning by the government simply to change the domestic political narrative and agenda from areas where the government's in trouble on vaccines, on climate change and, if you like, on uh, sexual abuse scandals in Canberra to what they would regard as much safer political terrain, namely the khaki terrain uh, of a national security agenda. I think it's primarily about politics. And house prices across Australia have reached record highs, the steepest increase in almost 18 years. The national median rose by 5.7% over the first three months of this year to reach a record of just under $900,000, and that's up around 10% on the same time last year. 
In Sydney, house prices are soaring again, with the median price now sitting at $1.3 million. Domain Senior Research Analyst Dr Nicola Powell says the 8.5% increase is the biggest in almost 30 years. What we're seeing for Sydney is the upper end of the market is leading price gains. We've seen much more substantial increases in house prices in the eastern suburbs, northern beaches and Borkham Hills. So what does the booming market mean for interest rates and the overall economy? We'll have more details in business and finance with Peter Switzer shortly. Now for a look at what else is making news around the country this Thursday morning. And we start in Victoria and a Melbourne man charged with outraging public decency could walk free from prison within days after getting sentenced to 10 months behind bars yesterday. Our reporter James Lake is in Melbourne and he says the sentence handed to Richard Pusey after last year's Eastern Freeway tragedy has caused another round of public outrage. The 10-month sentence handed to Richard Pusey yesterday shocked the family and friends of four police officers who died on the side of Melbourne's Eastern Freeway while Pusey watched on and recorded the scene on his phone. He pleaded guilty to the charge of outraging public decency as well as speeding, possessing a drug of dependence and reckless conduct endangering serious injury. He's now expected to be freed though as early as next week because he's already served 297 days in custody. The grieving families of the officers have slammed the penalty. Stuart Schultz, husband of victim, senior leading constable Lynette Taylor, says the sentence is grossly inadequate. This is a sad reflection of this court finding that in this sentence is totally inappropriate of this offending. To New South Wales now, and there are fresh COVID fears in Sydney this morning, with COVID fragments detected in wastewater at a treatment plant serving 17 suburbs on the northern beaches. Our reporter, Siobhan Caulfield, has the details from Sydney. Yeah, that's right, Tash. More than 80,000 Sydney siders are now on high alert after coronavirus fragments were detected in wastewater at Alambie Heights. The sewage network serves 17 suburbs on the northern beaches. This is actually the second time in two weeks the virus has been detected there and Chief Health Officer Kerry Chance says at this stage it's be alert but not alarmed. We are not aware of anyone who has been released from quarantine that is residing in that area but obviously there are travellers that move around and we do know that you can shed the virus for a significant period after your infection. Anyone who does develop COVID-like symptoms in that area is being urged to get tested right away. Now for the latest in business and finance news this morning, we're joined by Peter Switzer from switzerreport.com.au. Good morning, Peter. Now, the federal government's budget is just two Tuesdays away and it looks like the Treasurer is set to spend more money to help create jobs. Yep, this will not only be a budget to drive down the unemployment rate, but will also possibly be a pre-election budget with prominent political commentator Malcolm McCarris tipping a November poll. The Treasurer says he wants the jobless rate with a 4 in front of it, meaning 4%. If that happens, wages and inflation would rise and the big economic growth it would bring should drive down the budget deficit by boosting taxes from the greater number of Aussies employed. And this will help bring down the debt created by the coronavirus recession. Now, talking about inflation, some may say, Peter, once upon a time, Australia could not get inflation to go down, but the recent inflation numbers say we don't know how to get it to increase. That's right. The Consumer Price Index is the main measure of inflation in Australia, and it rose by just 0.1% 
0.6% in the March quarter, but the consensus of economists expected a 0.9% rise. The annual rate of inflation rose by 1.1%, but the Reserve Bank wants it to be between 2 and 3%. So what does this all mean? Well, if inflation can't rise to worry the Reserve Bank, interest rates will be kept at current low levels, which is great for borrowers and the shops that borrowers spend in, but it's bad news for savers and retirees who would love term deposits to be much higher than 1%. And Peter, talking about interest rates, the US central bank boss has spoken overnight and he is not interested in raising interest rates, which as we know is great for homeowners, not so good for those retirees that need to live off the savings, but it is good news for stock prices. Spot on. Our Reserve Bank is important, but the one big central bank that virtually calls the tune for most other central banks is the Federal Reserve. And its chairman, Jerome Powell, told Wall Street overnight that he would keep the current easy monetary policy where it is for some time, despite a strengthening economy and rising inflation. And on cue, the US stock market's S&P 500 index went to an all-time high. Why? Well, if someone can't get a decent return from putting their money into the bank, which pays interest rates, they'll put it into the stock market and property that will drive profits up and push stock prices and property prices higher. Buckle up. It's a boom time ahead created by central bankers and big spending governments. And talking about the boom times, Peter, the new research has come out today saying house prices across Australia, we had this story earlier this morning, have reached Mm. record highs. So if interest rates don't go up, how are they going to take that heat out of the market? It will take some time. Eventually, APRA will start telling banks to lend less and restrict it to certain kinds of borrowers. Investors might find it hard to get loans, but they will restrict the amount of loans, but interest rates are not going to be rising anytime soon. Thanks, Peter. Cheers. Now with Brett Thomas and Brett, Aussie cricketers have found a way to get home from India. This is an interesting story. Yes, that's Adam Zampa and Kane Richardson. Uh, of course, now they left the biosecure bubble. They wanted to return home, but couldn't do so fast enough before our federal government announced that the borders would shut to India for the next three weeks. So they'd left the biosecure bubble. They were hanging out in Mumbai, basically in no man's land, because once you've left the bubble, it's hard to get back in and they couldn't get back to the country. Well, now there's multiple reports are coming out from India that they've managed to jump on a charter flight. Now, how they get back into Australia is a different story. Perhaps they go to somewhere like a Doha or somewhere else in the world where they can hang out for a couple of weeks and then safely uh, get back. Now, there are other Australians still over there, of course, taking part in the IPL, not just playing, but also coaching. Ricky Ponting is one of them. He coaches the Delhi Capitals and says that they know that they aren't doing it as tough as the Indian public. The travel side of it for us, uh, Australians and certainly the foreigners that are here is only a very small part of what we're talking about and what we're thinking about. I mean, we on a daily basis are thinking about what's happening outside and, and we understand how blessed we are to be able to turn up and do what we did tonight. There's around 40 odd Australians over in India and the Cricketers Association Chief Todd Greenberg of course formerly of the NRL has warned that they will receive no special treatment from the government but somehow Zampa and Richardson have found a way to get out. I think some others will soon very shortly. To the NRL now Brett and the long term vision to split the competition into conferences is gathering steam. 
Yes, this is uh, Peter Volandis, the ARL Commission Chairman, and once he has an idea, you dare say it's going to be pushed through, and Andrew Abdo as well as behind this, the Chief of the NRL. They're targeting 2025 to split the NRL into conferences, and uh, Volandis believes it has a 50% chance of getting up. Now, they'll put a clause in the next broadcast rights deal to renegotiate during that time, so this comes up at the end of 2023. So once the new deal kicks in, at some point they they want to stop and say, uh, let's consider splitting this into two conferences, which would mean we'd have two new teams, one in Brisbane, one potentially in New Zealand, and the conferences would be Sydney and then the rest. So obviously there's some issues there with travel because the Sydney teams won't have to go too far, whereas the others will have to travel overseas and interstate. And Queensland coach Paul Green says that they need to make sure that the NRL doesn't become lopsided. Just make sure the two conferences are reasonably even, otherwise you know, if you end up in a stronger com- conference or a weaker conference, that's pretty probably just going to question the integrity of the comp. And that's something we see in other sports around the world, like the NBA, where you've got one conference that's really strong and one that's uh, really weak. Yeah, good point. Brett, to the AFL now, and Nathan Buckley has declared he wants to remain Collingwood coach beyond this season. Yeah, and unequivocal as well, Bucks, in the last year of his deal, obviously there's been a lot of upheaval. The the man, really, his right-hand man, even though he insisted he didn't give him the job, but certainly Eddie Maguire was a big reason as to why he took over from Mick Malthouse uh, 10 years ago, it was now. Uh, he's under the most pressure he's faced during his coaching tenure, and he's faced a few years where he's certainly been under the pump, notably before he got them into the 2018 Grand Final. It's a long way uh, since then, and the Magpies are really struggling at the moment especially um, with the loss of those players during their infamous trade period. They currently sit second bottom with one win from six games. Here is Bucks on his future. That's what I want to do because regardless of what what I think I want to do for Nathan Buckley, the only thing that matters is what's best for the Collingwood Footy Club. So while he wants to stay, he says that the discussions with the club around his future will probably wait until the back half of the year. So we'll watch this space. It's going to be a weekly talking point, if not daily, with Nathan Buckley. Yeah, it certainly will be. Brett, thanks so much. Thanks, Tash. Checking the weather details around the country now. This Thursday morning, Brisbane showered two on the way, a top of 25. Mostly sunny today for Sydney, though, with possible smoke hazed top of 24. Sunny and 19 for Melbourne. Canberra morning fog again, then clearing to a sunny day, top of 21. Light shower and 20 for Hobart. Sunny and 24 today for Adelaide. Showers developing in Perth with a possible late storm, a warm 26 on the way, and mostly sunny and a beautiful 33 for Darwin. And an Adelaide man is going viral online and it's all thanks to his extraordinary gardening skills. Adam DeLongville's satisfying lawn trimming videos that focus on before and after cleanups, as well as how to do the perfect edges, have created quite the buzz online with more than 10 million views in just a month on TikTok. The yard maintenance business owner has told 10 the attention he's received has been completely unexpected. To be honest, uh, when, when I first started doing the videos, I didn't think um, people would enjoy them so much. But, yeah, over the last year or so, it's really been quite interesting to see what people actually enjoy watching and things that might be boring for someone else is really exciting for other people. So um, they particularly like the, the before and after cleanups and obviously the, the edging videos, um, especially on TikTok. Uh, they, people just love this sort of stuff. 
Love that perfect lawn edge. And that's all you need to know to start your day with your morning agenda in your podcast feed from 6.30am every weekday morning. You can also catch our latest episode and be across all the breaking news and hot topics as they happen in our brand new talk show, Australia Today, with Steve Price by heading to listener.com or downloading the new Listener app for free. I'm Natasha Belling. Thanks so much for your company. Have a great day and we look forward to seeing you tomorrow. Listener.